Welcome to the Friday Workplace Briefing. Workplace law changes so quickly. Tune in weekly to find out how the law is changing and what you need to do. Okay, Matt, how are you, Matt? Hello, Andrew. I'm doing very well. I was going to say good morning, but it could be good afternoon. It could be any time. It could be any time. Very magic, magic of television. <laughs> Look, I think, let's just get straight into it. Yeah, today Because I think Elon Musk has given us a bit of an example. <laughs> Musk's and not Musk's. Oh, I knew it was going to pop up, Andrew, your greatest pun. <laughs> but what we do know in America, at-will employment means that you have these very hierarchical methods mm. of employment where people just feel they can chuck people out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your comment, just as we're walking in, doesn't work anywhere else in the world, and that's what Twitter's fun. Yeah, that's right, Andrew. But the really big issue here is when a business is built entirely around the talent, why would you yeah. treat talent badly? Oh, it's just crazy. I've never seen anything so self-destructive. I mean, it's almost as if he assumed that the platform operated independently of any I, I think there's an element of truth in that, but what mm. we will see is the degradation of the site because mm. the skills that hold it together and give it integrity mm. will fail. But it's a great story for us all. Mm, because uh, yeah. the true capital in business, the capital that makes businesses innovate, change, meet disruption, mm. are people. Yeah, yeah. And the hardest, the things that's most scarce at the mm. moment, is not boxes from China anymore. No. It's actual talent. It's actual talent. And talent procure you, you don't procure talent. Yeah, exactly. So I thought the must story was a really interesting story about people just getting it wrong. Yeah, and failing to treat your best people in the best possible way yeah. as well. It's a fascinating people management story. Yeah, anyway, a story that we just both were sort of fascinated oh, by. Yeah, about. Yeah. Let's jump on to the Pocock enigma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elbows, Pocock enigma. Elbows, Pocock, that's right. Andrew, yeah. Secure jobs and better pay is stuck in the Senate. It is. I think you told me the inquiry landed yesterday. Yep, yep. The Senate report did come out. Nothing sort of expected in that. Coalition senators dissenting, Labor and the Greens making comments about, you know, agreeing to make a smaller business definition for 20 employees and largely picking up on what Pocock had been making. In fact, almost you can hear him. The marionette behind That's the right, yeah. footsteps. The classic typewriter. You can see the strings, can't you? So I think where we're going to end up with Pocock is the single interest test around multiple employee enterprise agreements is in strife. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure where that's going to land, whether that's going to happen before or after Christmas. Mm. I think the rest of it's going to go through. Maybe like, yeah. with, maybe with a small employee lift up to about 50. Yeah, I mean, they keep talking about extending the sitting days for the Senate, Andrew. I think Albo and the Labor government are pretty serious about that. So will they carve out the multi-employer bargaining? My sense of it is yes. I think they're going to have yeah, to. And yeah. they've got a huge agenda on yeah. All right, let's hit the big news, okay, yeah. which is the, news, news, the recovery case, yeah. Mm. But hard to understand this unless you love workers' compensation, so it was unfair Fair. for me to drop this on. Oh, no, that's right, Andrew. But <laughs> in a very simple world, it works like this. A workers' comp insurer receives a claim in respect of an employee. That employee works at a host site. The host site was a cause or part cause of the injury to that employee. Mm-hmm. So the workers' comp insurer for the employee employer yep. send a recovery notice for the total cost of claim mm-hmm. based on a negligence claim to the host. host. Yep. And the host notifies its public indemnity insurer yep. who meets the bill. Yep. Uh, it's got a couple of nasty bits. There's no premium time on public liability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So two things happen on public liability. One, you know, claim goes from 5000 to 200000 overnight. Mm-hmm. Not a good thing to have. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> and secondly, the premium's ratcheted up. Yep. And you can't get away from it because the yep. recovery claims keep coming. Mm-hmm. And around about... Ten years ago, there was two or three percent of recovery claims. They're now as high as thirty percent of total claims made where there's a host site. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So workers' comp insurers are trying to reach out because they're all running into debt. Yep. 
So then comes this case. Yes. Okay, now you have this third-party insurance yep. to cover when you're attacked by a workers' comp insurer. Okay, yep. you have it there. Yep. So public liability insurance. Well, Dylan is a case of Dylan Scaffolders yep. who undertook work for Western Scaffolders. Yep. Western Scaffolders did a design. Dylan, through the owner, Dylan, looked at it and thought, hmm, it's directly under power lines. That's a dangerous place to go. That would have been obvious to a thing. So yeah. when told Western, he said, look, that's a very dangerous place to go. You're going to hurt someone if you do this. And they did nothing. Nothing. And so he continued to build the scaffold mm. and a young apprentice ends up from another site and gets injured. Yeah, significantly electrocuted, yeah. And it goes through county court, Supreme Court, lands in the Court of Appeal in Victoria and the Court of Appeal look at this publicly liability insurance for mm. Dillon. And they go, well, the claims come from Western and say, you've got to pay this. Mm. Public liability insurers filed claims saying, no, we don't have to indemnify yeah. because we say you've got to exercise reasonable care to comply with the safety regulations. Yes. It's important to know that Dylan has been prosecuted. Yes. Okay, for Successfully. Yeah. yeah. And the High Court most recently said, without going under here, we think the Victorian Supreme Court is right. Yeah. We think that a host does have an obligation not to absolutely comply with safety, yes. but to make reasonable efforts to comply. Mm -hmm. Here, Dylan knew of the problem, told somebody but didn't take the next step of preventing someone from being injured. Mm -hmm. Sounds painless, really, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. yeah but it's, it not, it's not painless, mate, no, because what no. this does, it puts every single person who's a host at risk of their public liability mm -hmm. insurer walking away if you don't comply at a high level of safety, and yet this is exactly what the insurance is for. Yeah, and we talk about this a lot, Andrew, which is this trend that we see of people trying to sort of carve off their safety obligations to other people on Yeah, and we're going to talk about that a lot more when we talk about labour home and the yeah, major issue. But yeah. I just want you to know, don't feel safe now because mm. you've got publicly liability no. insurance. It was never safe before because the true cost of it was much higher than workers' compensation mm. because of the money you'd have to pay before you actually got to your insurance, mm. okay? Mm. And then the lack of premium management system that exists in all states but the two free states that don't have government-run insurance. So it was always bad, mm -hmm. but it's now super bad because you're going to pay the whole lot of it. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's a big decision. And Matt and I are going to dig down a lot deeper later on yeah. to look at what happens with labour hire contracts yeah. and why that's hard. And yeah. it's not fair to Matt. I'll do a lot of that. No, later. that's all right. I'll, this I'll one is miles. fair to Matt. So we're going to move on to another workers' comp case because Kim has run away and refused to do this. Oh, no. I talked to the koala and the koala yeah. just said, where's Kim? Yeah. But <laughs> let's look at McNamara and the state of New South Wales. Very simple, short case, Matt. It is, yeah, and sort of facts that make you just go, why? But, look, a, a sort of admin assistant at a sort of medical practice on two occasions accesses the medical records of the business. On the first occasion, is condoned directly by her direct manager, actually standing there watching her access the system. Mm -hmm. And the second time, in relation to a pretty serious sort of uh, safety concern in respect of her own safety, as well as having to look up to try to find a call that was missed as to who the person was. In the context of this, she makes all these requests for flexible working arrangements, a standing desk, clear complaints and inquiries, and her higher-level supervisor effectively does not like this poor woman. That's a, it is a red flag. It's a red, a red flag, flag because case, you can yeah. see this woman's done nothing too wrong. No. 
No. Yeah, she's the second time she's done something which is probably a little bit naughty, but for the yeah. best interest of the business, mm. and she should have been cancelled. Yeah, and it's accepted that that behaviour was a breach of the confidentiality. And then the system. top supervisor cuts yeah. her off all access so she can't do a job properly. access to the system, <laughs> but then gives her no direction about reasonable alternative duties or any sort of other direction at all. Just expects her to be able she to do puts a in a workers' comp claim. Puts in the workers' comp claim, and unsurprisingly, yeah. it's yeah. upheld. Yeah. And the company say, oh, reasonable management yeah. actually said, Look, she might have done something bad, but mm. actually nothing. You didn't choose a fair approach yeah. and you didn't do it fairly. Yep. And therefore, reasonable management action failed and a claim got up. Mm. So really interesting case, yeah. 12 months of premium. Yeah, and I think, look, interesting one too, the manager in this one, the direct manager, not the supervisor who did the unreasonable stuff, actually was a witness in favour of the employee because, because it's just a demonstration of red flag employee, real obviously breakdown in the culture in this place results in this sort of yeah. claim. So 12 months back pay. Can you imagine the premium hit oh. medical expenses, which means each medical spend mm. throws the premium back yep. up again. Yep. Not a good case. No. Okay. Now, look. Are you talking about not good cases? Not good cases. <laughs> no, actually, one half is even worse. Oh, yeah. But I, I guess what I want this case is about one thing, which is don't try and be cute. Yeah. Matt, this is a case, and it's a really simple case, mm. called Jenny Woods and Amigos. Mm-hmm. This is where I think the easiest way to say is they wanted to get a person out of the business. Yeah. They hired Employee Shaw to actually mm-hmm. set up a process. Employee Shaw put on their conspiracy mask and said, yeah. we do this sneaky thing like this, you go. Mm-hmm. She didn't. Yeah. Then they yeah. made some allegations against her. Mm-hmm. Employee Shaw once again got involved mm-hmm. to try and do a performance manager get out. Mm-hmm. Didn't work didn't again. Work again. So then they yeah. made up allegations of assault. Yeah, serious child really? assault. Yeah. And they reported her to the police. police. It's just... Crazy. Can I read what Commissioner Cambridge said? No, I think it's case, but I just want to say, yeah. denounced the Chief Executive and the Centre's Director's unconscionable, unscrupulous conduct associated with an erroneous claim of serious child abuse. Can I just say, never try and be too cute? Yeah. Because this case is the only reason Matt and I have chosen it is mm. we commonly ask to do what employees should did here. And yeah. All we say is, Look, there's a process. Yeah. Stick with the process. Mm. Good things come from good process. Yeah. The person may put up their hands, so I don't mm. want to stay here. But don't start pushing people towards yeah. it. Yeah. The moment you do that, this isn't a workers' comp case, this is a dismissal case. Yeah. But all of a sudden here you've got adverse action, dismissal, workers' compensation, mm-hmm. safety. All mm-hmm. of them sitting here mm-hmm. because someone tried to be too cute. Yeah. Just don't. No, that's right. And look, and, and it's a great case example about don't retaliate too. Yeah. I mean, you know, she made the complaints about the CEO, seven formal grievances under the process. One was substantiated. Yeah, even by employee that's, yeah, that's the part. And they decide we're going to do nothing. We're going to try to force this woman out. Sign it. Make her sign it without prejudice discussion. No, it's just it, the litany. I want you to. Re- I want you to read it. I, yeah. I think Matt and I both want you to read it because we want you to laugh back. We want you to send in laughs. Yeah. Why well, cry for this poor woman? Honestly, well, let's leave uh, on the crying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> e in the Australian Association of Social Workers. What an amazing case this is. It is just fascinating, Andrew. The only issue, I'll get you to move on the next banner if I can, Sally. The only issue about this next case is this. This was an association of social workers at which this person was employed Mm -hmm. and actually entered comments on Facebook, Mm -hmm. which was a Facebook-sponsored site by the organisation and complained about adverse and nasty comments that Mm -hmm. were on it. Yeah. Now, I won't yeah. be naming the commissioner today. I won't no, mention DP. No. <laughs> but what I can say is he's finding that this wasn't part of work without relying on any of the case law. And all the case law says 
It is work. Yeah. It is yeah. definitely work. Absolutely. It was an appalling decision. Yeah. And what I want you to know is there's going to be people who rely on this decision. Yes. Don't. Yeah. yeah. If you have any sort of social media, whether it's Slack mm. on your side, yep. you have Facebook, yep. it's work. The moment, it's, page, the moment yeah. it's got that identification, it's work and therefore the conduct that occurs in or outside of ours mm. is work-related. Mm. So interesting case, don't yeah. follow it, but really good lessons. Yeah, there. absolutely, Andrew. Matt. Third-party public liability insurance were on to the major thing. The major thing. The major yeah. thing. Yeah. And I better do this, hadn't I? No, I suppose. No, I'll add my comments. <laughs> you can yeah. So we talked about, what was that case before? Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> Dylan. That's what we talked about Dylan. Dylan. I think Matt might be talking about it. We talked about Dylan earlier. So let me tell you what happens when you hire a labour hire. You send in your offer from the labour hire, and what the labour hire will do is seek a series of indemnities. Mm-hmm. In three states of Australia, those indemnities as they relate to safety, are illegal. So not only illegal, a little illegal. Illegal, illegal. They're also unlawful yep. and you can be fined, okay? So be wary of those ones. Yep. But they do seek indemnity around workers' compensation. So let's just map this out. You've got labour hire providing labour to a host. Yep. Labour hire employee gets injured at host. Mm-hmm. And you're the host. And you're the host. Yeah, you're the host, table. okay? Yeah. Except for our guys who work for in labour hire. You're the labour hire. You get the workers' comp claim here in labour hire land and you go, well, they're actually another site and they got hurt. Mm. It's likely the other site hurt them. Then you've got the basis of negligence for which your workers' comp insurer can seek recovery against the host. Mm-hmm. The host will then go up to their public liability insurer mm-hmm. and as we've said with Dylan, the public liability insurer may say no. And that all sounds pretty normal except for one thing, and that is the indemnity policy that you seek to you sorry, by changing your indemnity provisions in that contract. You've actually got to have insurance which permits you to seek that indemnity on both sides. And the host will not allow it. Yeah. There is a policy that does give that total indemnity. So where the host goes back and says to Labor, you indemnify me for it. Mm-hmm. It's worth about a million-dollar premium for yeah. average size business. Mm-hmm. Very, very hard to get, and the policy now, there's only one left that you can get that works in Australia yeah, right. and is almost impossible to get. But both sides have these exchanging indemnities, mm-hmm. trying to get out of liability. Can I just tell you, it's rubbish. Yeah. We've now litigated several of these. They are unquestionably difficult to prove one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And the issue is no matter what happens, you're enjoined in the litigation battle about the words of the policy mm-hmm. and the liability process. Oh, not a battle you want to so get So you're four or five hundred thousand dollars in before you've cleared up what the words mean. Mm-hmm. The best way of doing this as a labour hire provider and as a host is to own your responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if the labour hire person to come in and go, okay, we'll manage the introduction safety and the admission into site, we'll be clear about that and we'll provide continuing support. The host says, look, we recognise that we have responsibility in Victoria, that's Section 23 responsibility in any event. We recognise that's the same throughout Australia with a different number. We recognise we've got this liability. So we will accept that responsibility. Mm. And most importantly, we will not create areas of risk for labour hire. Mm. We will treat them like our employees. Yes. Now, that doesn't sound like much, but when you look in some of the industries like agriculture, the meat industry, Mm. those industries... Whole sections of the provision mm. of service is done by labour hire. Yeah. Almost no employee. No, not at all, Andrew. Yeah. And they are treated at arm's length, almost that's, like yeah. contractors. Yeah, that's right. So, Matt, I think that's why Matt and I really wanted to chat about it. Yeah. One, this case 
means you must do what I just said. You must treat them like your own. You must have a strong safety system. You must manage them. If you don't, forget about this case, forget about insurance, you're going to be thrown into this well of litigation where you'll have no clarity and certainty. And good legal advice is about creating certainty. Yeah, yeah. And and I think, Andrew, as well, is that, you know, this trend that we're seeing of this enforcement, this expectation that you've got to have that responsibility for people on your side, making sure that you take that individual responsibility and not trying to outsource it to someone else actually means you're going to also protect people as well. And, product, a base and, pro- and productivity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. So, so the irony yeah. of all this is, mm-hmm. if I have labour hire that come in, I build their skill. Perhaps in the labour hire agreement, I have a conversion clause, and good labour hire does, which means Matt comes in as labour hire, I agree to pay a premium 15% of his total year on wage if I convert him to one of my employees. Mm-hmm. Actually pretty good when you look at the provisions of the Fair Work Act. It's mm-hmm. a good way of testing yeah. the cattle before they come to eat yeah. the grass. It's yeah. not a no, bad idea. No, no, it's a yeah. yeah. So good causes have that. Mm. So why wouldn't I bring in the best labour hire I can get, mm. have conversion causes? Mm. It is a way that I can tunnel this skill and talent into my organisation, mm. treat them really well so I build their talent skill. They're not going anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. That's right, Andrew. It's, it's the, you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? Yeah. You can't get the positive benefits that you've just described there without taking some responsibility for the safety of those people. And as soon as you want one without the other, that's where you end up in a situation where those people and are hurt look, and don't want to stay and you end up in litigation. And as, as Nina, if Nina was here, would tell you the litigation that's coming from regulators mm. about the protection of labour right, is prolific at the moment mm. because the contracting method of engaging employees or labour has changed so dramatically over the last 10 years it is now a focus for regulators to protect labour yes. rights. Yeah. So it's now a high-risk area. Yeah. Man, we're on time. It's Excellent. going well. Let's we go over we the problem. This will blow us out because this yeah. is a lot of pages. This is a lot and of pages. Yeah. And they're very tall, Sally tells me. So, so we might be hitting behind pages. the wall. Let's see what we're doing. Oh, oh that that's not too bad. Yeah, Let's see if I can come over. Off you go, man. I thought it'd be up like this. so you just. No, I thought so too. I think that's the next couple of slides. So we will get to do it. Dwayne was the operations manager of Magic Moulders, a plastic extrusion and moulding business for the food industry. Kate was a plant operator. She had raised issues with the owner about the way women were treated in the business. Nothing direct, but constant commentary mocking women and sexualising them, but never directed at her. When the owner undertook a climate survey, there was a very strong response from women in the business raising the same issue and saying they didn't feel safe or comfortable with the culture. The owner spoke to Dwayne, explaining it needed to stop. Dwayne blamed Kate for stirring up trouble. He started to manage her more closely, was critical of any delays in production, even when outside her control, and made a pointed dig on Slack, the online method of production communication, saying, if anyone has any problems, you can always use Kate to raise them and discuss them across the plant. When Kate made a complaint to him, he laughed and said, after all, you are on the continuous improvement committee. Still not high. No, no, it's not high. No, no, it's not just the camera, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. No, that's okay. (laughs) The the following week, a labour hire employee, Vince, was injured on Kate's plant as he tried to lift packets of extrusion parts to a pallet (laughs) rather than use the appropriate lifting (laughs) device. I knew Matt was doing this. (laughs) He suffered a herniated disc because of the wear and tear on his spine was unlikely to return to work. Dwayne called Kate into a room two days later handed her an allegations letter suggesting she was in charge of plant 
and should have made Vince use the correct device. Hence, her actions caused an imminent risk to the health and safety of a labour hire employee. She explained she was on her break at the time, he was unsupervised, an issue she had raised several times, including her suggestion to automate the line to avoid manual handling. He found the allegations against her. There we go. Well done, Matt. Excellent. Okay. Extrusions. Extrusions. Yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. And Molly. I've got more. Okay, if he dismissed her, that's Dwayne. Would she have a good unfair dismissal claim, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at the three elements here, harsh, unjust, or unreasonable, was it harsh? Absolutely. Someone who's made complaints, who's wasn't in control of the plant at the time and sought to make all these changes and then it's terminated for that, harsh. You know, yeah. was it unjust again for the same basic and, and, same no, and the truth is mm. when you look at unjust, you go to the lawful basis determination. Yeah. There's no lawful basis. No, what is the valid reason? Yeah, yeah. so I think what it's sort of valid or, valid or unjust. They're almost yeah. on pay. Yeah. But unreasonable. Wow, mm. how unreasonable. Can you oh, my goodness, yeah. And look, oftentimes people hear safety and they assume, yes, absolutely valid reason, but you've got to think back to how is this person's role and mm. part to play. Which throws in the second question, mm. general protections, and, boy, has she raised the complaints. Oh, she's raised the issues. Yeah. She's raised the issues of the misconduct, she's yep. raised issues of safety mm-hmm. on the line, mm-hmm. and he goes ahead and terminates yeah, on, the right. very, on some of the very issues she's raised. Yeah, and he found her annoying on her own, his own subjective yeah. evidence, and <laughs> effectively he's reading between the lines <laughs> that he created the allegations to terminate her. I think there's a little doubt of that. Could Kate have brought a successful workers' compensation claim? Well, that's a lay down the there. Yeah. Sure answer. yeah. So remember the two tests, reasonable management action mm-hmm. here. So she'd say it happened at work. Yes, it did. Yep. I've got a mental health problem. Yep. She definitely argue it. And as long as it's a, as long as it's true, you're mm-hmm. up and running. Mm-hmm. Next thing is only defence is reasonable management action. Mm-hmm. Was it fair for him to do take the actions he did? Mm-hmm. No. Did he do it in a fair way? No. no. Yeah. The double way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So off to premium we go. Yeah. Matt, could the labour hire company insurer bring a successful recovery action against Magic Muscle and what would the public liability insurer do? Well, I think, well, yes, the workers' comp could absolutely, insurer could absolutely so bring bit, the recovery this is action. this employer. Yep, that's right. Yep. So the person injured on the, the plant, yep, yep, could absolutely, given that they're a labour hire employee, yep. their employer's workers' comp insurer could bring the claim. What do um, you think the public liability insurance? Well, I think, they, I think they would reject it. I mean, did the host employee here, Magic Moulding, did they take all reasonably practical options and here? Here they knew. So let's use reasonably practical. Yep. They knew what the hazard was because mm-hmm. they'd been told what the they hazard was. By, yeah, by they Kate. knew the level of risk. Kate had elevated that and said, mm-hmm. you really need to use a control like automate, mm-hmm. or at least there should have been supervision. Yep. Wasn't there. So. No. It wasn't a safe plan. It wasn't done reasonably practical, and there was no safe system around managing her breaks. Yeah, I got to tell you, I think the public liability insurance. Yeah, they and not an example where, as opposed to Dylan, where they get almost close and they say, "Oh, okay, there's something else you could have done, but this was almost perfect here." What they did was yeah. a failure. And look, the interesting part of this is, that, and I, I guess we should sort of focus on this for a second. So, what happens when you go to court for this? Mm. It's not pleasant at all. No. What happens to go to court is. You are the named party, so Magic Muscle is the named party. Mm-hmm. They come along and there are two people sitting opposite them. One is the workers' comp insurer mm-hmm. for Vince, or Vince's company, and the second one is your own insurer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So your liability for costs mm. is you're suing for indemnity at one level and you're suing to say you're not negligent at the other yep. level or you're defending a claim. Your costs are double. Yeah. Absolutely. And the whole time you're trying to prove your case, mm. the insurer is trying to prove you're wrong because they yeah. need to prove you're more negligent mm. 
It's denying liability. Yeah. So can you see how awful that's it? Oh, and no litigation is ever easy, but this particular litigation is Because you've got two parties trying to prove you yeah. and one of them is your friend. That's right. Well, you thought <laughs> 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 All right. So the next question is, if respective work changes are in, would commentary Kate complain about being unlawful? Now, remember, none of this was directed at her. No. But it was about when... That's right. Well, it's the hostile work environment, isn't it? So that you've got to remember... That's comments of a sexual nature or about characteristics of sex made in the presence of people, not necessarily directly to, that could cause harm and offence. So here we've got several women, not even just one, but several women in the climate survey mm. saying we feel uncomfortable because of these comments. I mean, you talk about a lady on this air, it'd be the test case of the century. Oh, no. And not only that, Dwayne's been told stop it and doesn't. So yes. you've got this other problem. Mm. But the important part of that is... That is a respect to work, which is probably going to go through before Christmas in the yep. Senate. So Royal Assent early in the new year, mm -hmm. not here yet. But it is also a hazard. Yes. So that hazard mm -hmm. kicks back into safety rules. Mm -hmm. So once you've got an identified wrong, it's a recognised hazard, yep. which elevates its level of risk and the failure to introduce a control means you go back to the reasonably practical, you've got a real safety problem, which yeah. means the public liability insurer would be agitating that issue as well. Yes, absolutely, which might flow well into the next question. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Almost like and I, and I wrote this. <laughs> Did Magic Moulders and Wayne breach the safety legislation? If so, how? Well, we've talked about how yeah. once they've done it, which yep. is with the hostile work environment. What other yep. ones? Well, the others, obviously, are. we know that there are examples given by Kate of the way to improve the way that the work is performed about the automation, Obviously, there's also another level here about the psychological risk to herself and to the other employees. And there's Dwayne. And then, well, that's right. I mean, he was her. He's one of the heads. Yeah. He's yeah. one of the people doing this. Yes, that's right. He's the labour hire employee. He's taken the steps. That's, that's Vince. Oh, I'm sorry. No, yes, look, at sorry. Vince is Dwayne. complex. I warned you. No, you did. No, you Dwayne did. was the one who was backing up the hostile working environment. Yes, sorry. So there right. you go. Yeah. All those things tell you really good, strong breaches of safety. Yeah. Which means public liability denies. Yeah. Liability in the fair work. Yep. Gee, it's not nice, is it? No, Every it's three or four jurisdiction you go yeah. to, you lose yep. on this set of facts. Yep. yep. So, guys, next week, I've got oh, to tell you. Oh, we've got you, one more. Question, one more. Andrew. Yeah, one more question. Could Kate apply yes. successfully yes. stop pulling order? <gasps> yes. 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 <laughs> yeah, there was yes. repeated conduct. Yep, it was unreasonable. Unreasonable. Yeah. Unreasonable. We added the risk health and safety three tests. Yes, they could. Yep. So, look. That's it. Now Excellent. can we go to next week then? We can, Andrew. No, still watch That wasn't high enough. You're well-crafted, Christian. That's it. <laughs> next week we should know what's happening in the Senate, shouldn't we? I think so. Fingers crossed. Yeah, that's yeah. well. It's only a week or two. Signal left. We'll see what happens. Yeah. The Pocock factor should be out. Yeah, we might print him out and put him in front of the choir. So I think we should put Pocock here. We could. Yeah, I could. Yeah. Pocock will visit. There we go. Yeah, he'll be our silent inquirer. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Bye-bye.